0: hello and welcome to obsession where we get horribly obsessed highly obsessed <laughs> hilariously obsessed with things that other people might find odd nothing is too obscure too creepy or too weird for us to research obsessively I'm Heidi and I'm Rebecca join us in being obsessed. <laughs>
1: Obsessives. Hello, Heidi. Hello. How are you? I'm all right. More to the question, how are you? I don't know. Uh-huh.
0: I don't know how to answer that question. Yeah. I'm, I'm in that twilight zone. You know yeah. how we're kind of all in that twilight zone now where things are officially opening up but you're kind it's of... It's not s- over. You're kind of still in lockdown and you're scared of coming out of lockdown and yep. you're
1: kind of in this limbo twilight world. Yeah, because yeah. the pandemic hasn't gone away. Yeah. Just where we are, it is in abeyance at the moment, which is good. But you, ha- we've been having a lot of conversations through the week, as we do. Mm. As we do. Mm. Yeah.
0: And yeah.
1: So... Yeah,
0: you, it, it has been playing <laughs> on my – and I don't think it's very good for my sanity, to be honest, Becky. Mm. The other day I was, but... I was walking in the park. I was visiting my ducks in the park. My ducks Healthy. are my only friends at this particular time.
1: Well, only real – only friends that you tangibly touch. Yes. You have friends. There. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was seeing my ducks at the park. And I could have sworn I saw Robo Dog. <laughs> oh, no, I could. I was. I was just walking along the path, uh-huh. and I was just like, "There's Robo Dog. Robo Dogs come already." And uh-huh. I just like, I just have to accept that now I live in a country with Robo Dog. And it,
1: was was it Robo? No, Dog? it
0: was a very small child with a huge stick. <laughs>
1: Ah oh, dear, I'm getting a little bit worried about you, Heidi. You've been demonstrating a bit of behaviour these past two weeks, which is not very Heidi-like behaviour, got to say.
0: Look, Becky, I take offence at that, honestly.
1: No, you because... don't. No, you don't. <laughs> because... No, you do Because... right.
0: <laughs> like, uh-huh. everybody else uh-huh. has, like, trashy things that they like. You know, you, okay, that's you fair. have big brother...
1: And... I don't know what you talk. I had Big Brother for one okay. year. Let's get that oh, clear. Right. Mm-hmm. So
0: you know everybody's allowed to dip into a bit of trash, but the second that I get addicted <laughs> to Ninety Day Fiance, <laughs> suddenly it's huh. oh Heidi, it's what's happened to Ninety
1: you? Day. <laughs> it's not like you though, Heidi. You have to admit that, yeah, right? Okay. Look,
0: I hate reality TV. And I hate dating shows. So, Uh yes, look, I will admit that it is not in character. And I will admit that,
1: Mm.
0: you know, I am experiencing some personality difficulties at this time. Some personality changes, perhaps? Personality changes, (laughs) or maybe, or maybe. There is some kind of entity that's taken over and and oh. I'm not me anymore
1: you're not me you anymore maybe not that's a bit sad well it is a bit sad maybe it's the new normal though that's the thing what is the new normal we're all trying to figure that out still yes. aren't we so we did um, we've discussed this obviously a lot throughout the week yeah. and what's happening with Heidi and why Heidi suddenly dabbled in the dark side i mean like the real dark side not like evil demons and that which is cool yeah but reality we got talking about doppelgangers yes
0: yes because i mean the only explanation for me going so off script with who i am as a (laughs) person could be that you know I have a double, an evil twin, who is just doing the anti-Heidi things. The anti-Heidi. The (laughs) anti-Heidi. And being interested in doppelgangers in general, I I did a bit of reading. And um, I came across what I thought was a pretty terrific story.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: I just thought, you know. podcast maybe we could share this story because that's what we do it is what we do that's right so um this week we've decided to talk about emily Mm sarge who is that you might ask well let's find out okay it was a summer's day in 1845 and around 40 young ladies were in their sewing and embroidery class. The school was the pensionate von Neuvelk in present day Latvia and the students were mainly the children of the Most notably Julie von Guldenstube. Don't you love how I always <laughs> choose subjects that have names like this
1: really tricky words yeah Yeah, well I'm glad you got that one yeah
0: (laughs) and she was the daughter of a baron now on this particular day the needlework teacher excused herself from the class saying she would be back in a couple of minutes the girls started to chatter and giggle the way they always did when they were left unsupervised that is until Mademoiselle Sager, the pretty French teacher, suddenly entered the room and sat down in the unoccupied chair at the front. She had been picking flowers in the school garden and had obviously been concerned when she'd noticed the teacher leaving the classroom. Resumed their silence and bent over their work. Everyone loved Mademoiselle Sage. She was one of the kindest and best teachers at the school, but she was strict about maintaining order and nobody played up in her presence. Soon, one of the girls looked out of the window and saw that Mademoiselle Sage, who was sitting in front of them, will be seen in the garden amongst the flowers, whispers spread down the rows of desks. And before long, every student in the class was aware that there were two Mademoiselle Sages, one in the room and one outside. The one in the room was still and did not seem to hear ask questions. She stared straight ahead And barely seemed to be breathing. Two of the bolder girls walked up to her and attempted to touch her. One of the girls claimed that her hand seemed to pass through the teacher, and that the woman in front of her felt made of
1: cobwebs. Now you might think that the girls would be terrified, but they were not as shocked as you might expect. Since MLA Sarge had started teaching at the school, a number of strange things had already happened, and her students had dealt with them as calmly as possible. Who was this mysterious teacher? Not much is known about the early life of MLA Sarge, only that she was born in Dijon, France in 1813, and that she moved around frequently during her working life. Almost everything we know about her can be found in a book by Robert Dale Owen, called Footfalls of the Boundary of Another World. And almost everything he knew about her was told to him by MLA's former student, Julie von Gudenstuber. Apparently, MLA had already taught at 18 different schools by the time she had been employed by the Ponchnot von Neuelk at the age of 32. And she'd never stayed in the one job for very long. Nevertheless, she was clearly a gifted teacher, with a wonderful work ethic and a charisma that made her popular with both students and staff. The story goes that the headmistress was baffled as to why the clever, vivacious French teacher should be unable to hold down a job for any reasonable length of time. Then during a lesson, the students noticed that a ghostly double of Mademoiselle Sarge had appeared at the blackboard copying every move their teacher made, only without the piece of chalk that Emily had been holding. Emily was confused and annoyed when her pupils started calling out to her and pointing to what she saw as an empty space beside her. She could see nothing. In the dining room, both students and teachers would watch with horrified interest as her double appeared beside her and carried on in a pantomime of eating, only without utensils.
0: The distressing thing for Emily Sager was that she could never see this ghostly double. She apparently did feel a sudden tiredness during these episodes, and she admitted that the double sometimes showed up in places that she wished she could be at the time but she had little to no control over what was happening. She had been fired from every teaching post she had ever had and had been forced to move from place to place because of what other people claimed they could see. Eventually, Emily was forced to leave the at von Neurunk. While some students took the events calmly, others were terrified and their parents demanded her dismissal. Emily was not heard of again and likely changed her name. So, there are a logical reason for the case of mm. Emily Saget Skeptics would say that she never existed. The only witness to these events who is on record is Julie von Gudenstupe, Reports show that an Octavie Sager was born in Dijon in 1813, and it isn't unreasonable to think that a person who was constantly hounded out of jobs and towns would have changed their name several times. But there is no definitive proof of her existence. The question is then, why would Julie have invented this story and had it recorded in Robert Dale Owen's book. It's possible that Julie had a wonderful imagination and may have been a horror novelist had she been born in another time, <laughs> but why would she put her name to a purely fabricated story and risk her reputation? What do you think, Becky? Do you think Emily Saget was real?
1: Mm... Look, I'm in two minds. So you know that I actually do like to believe that a lot of oral history actually mm. has some foundation in truth, okay? But in this particular instance, Julie, who narrated the story to the author, um, she did actually have an mm. a vested interest in all things occult, spiritual, because her family were very much into it and some of them, like her brother, was making money from it. So... I guess for me, it's possible she might have been astral mm-hmm. projecting, and it might have been a real story from you know uh, Julie's childhood. I question why they keep uh, focusing on the eighteen thirteen birth date, because how would a student know her birth date but not other vital information? You know, but that's, sort of that's her. what
0: I wanted as well.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I would love to see, unfortunately, I don't speak French, as you can tell by my pronunciation of Emily Sarge. Um, But if I did, I would love to dig into the records myself and look at it a little bit differently than how they have. They seem to have concentrated very much on her yeah. birth date rather than just trying to find, I would work backwards from the schools of the yeah. area. Does that make sense? Um, so, look, it's possible. But it could also be a story. Look, I work Mm. in a really old building, Heidi, as you know, and inside this building there is a tiny, steep staircase which leads to an even tinier old door. It was obviously built as a service hatch, but when teenagers are in the building, I like to, you know, amuse them by terrifying them. So I'll give them a tour when they're bored and they get so excited about it. I let them discover it and then tell them with a dead serious face really dreadful, made-up stories about why it was built, mm. right? Now, they get giggly and unsure, and they don't know whether to believe me or not. Now, I make up this nonsense just to amuse them, but who's to say that one day they don't relay this story as, you know, this is a factual thing that happened in that building? Yeah. Does that make sense yeah. to you? So oral history can, yeah, yeah. Um, so... In this case, I think it's a made up story and it's a lovely one which tickles the imagination, but I think a fabrication.
0: Do you know what? It's so funny because when we started this podcast, the idea was that I would be the skeptic and you would be the believer. But I think yeah, roles, I don't we keep switching roles.
1: roles. We <laughs> try to kind of change it a little bit. We do. Yeah no yeah we had a very neat organized yeah. sort of character plan and and how to progress and we keep switching yeah, over roles but totally. it, it's it's more yeah. real um I mean so you th- you believe the story it's not so much that I believe
0: the story but I think like all urban legends and I think that this story can count as a kind of urban legend oh yeah, yeah sure I think um. A lot of urban legends do have a grain of truth. Yeah. And some, of them, and oh, some yes. of them are completely true. If you if you look at, you know, Cropsey and the Green Man of Pittsburgh and all of those urban legends where they actually were real and people thought that they were telling urban legends, but it was actual local history. Um, so mm-hmm. in, in this yeah. case, I think... Do you know what I think? There was a teacher, whether her name was Emily Sage or Octavi yep. Sage or yep. whoever they, she was, and I, being think, specific there, I yeah. think she was somebody who was maybe um, a little bit strange, maybe um, mm. maybe had um, a gift for storytelling, be a little bit like you. She uh for <laughs> scaring teenagers. Um, this could have been something that she
1: led them to believe or it well Heidi, you're a teacher, you wouldn't like a double oh, A gosh, doppelganger yes, in the I class would. with you to torment the children. I can see you, I might be outside picking the flowers, but I'm inside well, seeing you as well. I don't
0: teach children, I teach adults, but yes, it is the same. I would like to <laughs> yes. I would like to terrify the adults I teach sometimes. Um, <laughs> why not? So, you know, there probably was some teacher from Julie's past who maybe was a bit strange. Maybe there were rumours going around about her. Maybe maybe something happened. I I think something happened. Maybe not exactly the way Julie explains it, but I I think there was something weird going on there at that school.
1: Do you know what I think of when I read this story? I don't actually think of doppelgangers, I think of astral yes, projection. that's
0: something I thought of too.
1: Yeah, so if you or maybe she had some kind of yeah, so
0: if you look at it that way, um, as a form of astral projection, then what do you think? Do you think it's more possible? <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do, or or something you're going to discuss later, which yeah. is parallel universes, which is a possibility yeah. too. Look, uh, it might have happened. And, and to be fair, right, having had my own experiences and trying to explain it to people and then having them look at me like I'm utterly crazy, I have some, you know, sympathy for Julie and I'm doing it to her now because, hey, there are stranger things on heaven and earth than in you know our philosophy, Horatio. That's right,
0: and and I mean, no. as sceptical as I can be of a lot of spiritual things, I've had
1: astral, out of body experiences. Yeah, <gasps> so have I. Okay, upcoming podcast, astral. And I actually
0: have looked down on my own body
1: before. Yes, so, so have I. I oh, yeah, this
0: is cool. Yeah. We have to we discuss, do have to discuss this at some point. Put it on the list. On the list. <laughs> on the list. On the list. Okay. So in any case, the idea of a doppelganger is older than the story of Emily Sager. Doppelganger oh, yeah. in German means double walker or double goer and can come in two types, human or paranormal. A human doppelganger or twin stranger, as it's more commonly called on social media, is a person who is not biologically related to you, yet bears a striking physical resemblance to you.
1: Yeah. Now, I've never actually experienced that. Uh, Have you? Not personally, but
0: I must have hundreds of them out there because so many people, when they first meet me, think that they already know me
1: yes really that's so many surprising, people actually, because i would so say you were so particularly... many
0: people
1: okay i i would say you're particularly unique both in appearance oh, and ben in personality my
0: favorite person for this next five minutes
1: i know <laughs> i <I'm> straight <laughs> i thought i already was heidi all right so going
0: on oh Oh, the pain! The pain! Now, it's often thought that everyone has a double. (laughs) There are, after all, only so many genetic sequences that can exist. But it turns out that having a true doppelganger is very rare. In a 2015 Australian study, it was found that the chances of, of a person finding a completely perfect double is one in one trillion. And by Whoa. that, I mean a perfect double. Somebody who doesn't <laughs> just look like you, somebody who has the exact measurements of your face.
1: Oh, okay. I was about to say, what well, about identical twins? Yeah. yeah. Calculation?
0: So, of course, when it comes to cases like Emily Sachet, we're talking about the paranormal type.
1: Yes, and as we know, stories about the paranormal, a variety of doppelgangers, have existed throughout our history. Seeing your replica has long been associated with impending death. Ooh. Ooh, Queen Elizabeth, yeah, Queen Elizabeth I reportedly saw herself in spirit form shortly before her death, and Abraham Lincoln supposedly saw his double reflection in a mirror causing his wife to predict that he wouldn't live to finish his second term as president. A doppelganger can also be seen as a shadow self or an evil twin that goes before a person to cause trouble in their lives. Mm -hmm. Uh That makes a lot of sense in my life. (laughs) People from all cultures have traditionally been advised against interacting with their doubles and never, ever, ever taking their advice. The idea of a doppelganger being a force of chaos has been a constant theme in literature and cinema, from William Wilson by Edgar Allan Poe to Darren Aronofsky. Aronofsky. I knew I was going <laughs> to muck that. I knew I was going to muck that one up. Aronofsky film Black Swan or oh, Black Swan. That's a oh, dark doppelganger movie. Oh, the first uh, one yeah! I, saw I don't Black quite get
0: Swan into it. Was at the cinema. And I was the only person, except for I think maybe one other person in the cinema.
1: So spooky oh, of spooky. all the
0: movies to to be like alone <laughs> in a cinema. Black Swan. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's Chill. the one. <laughs> all right. So also the French novelist Guy de Maupassant. Hardy, why must you keep giving me the difficult words I'm, I'm when just, you write sorry, these out? I'm just, I'm just not a very nice person. It's your – you do yeah. it for amusement, don't you? <laughs> I do, I, I, yeah, I yeah think pretty much. It's, uh, <laughs> Guy de ma Guy de yeah. There we go. So Guy de Maupassant was allegedly visited regularly with his own doppelganger and this apparition is said to have dictated his short story, The Hauler, to him, very much in the style of Yeats. Yeah. He did die of syphilis in a mental institution, though.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah. So
0: is there a scientific explanation for what seems like a ghostly double?
1: Dr. See this stuff excites.
0: What's that? This stuff excites yes, me. This excites me too. Mm. So, yeah. Doctor Oliver Sacks tackled this in his book *Hallucinations*. Sacks describes the phenomena of a person seeing their phantom self as autoscopic doubles. Now, um, yeah. Oliver Sacks didn't actually coin this term or discover this, but this is something that he writes about quite a lot. So an autoscopic double can be caused by medical problems such as migraines, epilepsy or schizophrenia. And in the case of Guy de Maupassant, I wonder if syphilis or, you know, syphilis-related illnesses had anything to Mm. do with it. Possible. Possible
1: yeah very possible
0: so this doesn't tell us much about cases like emily Sage, where it was other people who saw the double and the most for me before we started talking about uh the astral projection the most common explanation for me for that particular story was mass hysteria so for instance there might have been rumors Mm. about emily that might have reached the students and one convinced themselves that they saw something and then they all did so that's you know i know that's kind of plausible to me maybe i don't know
1: yeah 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 Maybe, although I always feel like mass hysteria is often used to. Well, the word hysteria full stop is often used to negate. Yeah. Something real. Yeah. So that's, that's true. It yeah. Gives me slight. Yeah.
0: Well, then there's my favourite theory, which is the multiverse.
1: Mm.
0: Now I. My favourite theory too. <laughs> to quantum physics. So. So I'm going to keep it as simple as possible for myself more than anything. So there is a theory that there are multiple universes. The idea is that there is a super fast expansion and at the end of that expansion or inflation, as they call it, the energy ignites what we basically call the Big Bang. So let's say that our inflation ended 13.7 billion years ago, but it's still going on in other universe and other regions are constantly forming. So I love this idea of parallel universes and that there could be other. Totally yeah, that's a, is, bit of a thing for you, isn't that it? that there could be other versions of ourselves hmm. in these universes and that we can occasionally slip into each other's worlds. And I am obsessed with the idea of parallel universes because, as you probably know, I have pretty wild cinematic dreams. And when I dream, pretty much all of my dreams are based in what I see as a parallel universe. So, for instance, I'm in Melbourne, but it's a parallel Melbourne, and it always looks the same in every dream. So I know my way. I know my way around. I know the shops. I know the streets. I know the theaters, the galleries. They all look very different from from this universe Melbourne, but they're really, really familiar to me, and they don't change. If I have a dream about going to the museum um, tonight, it will look the same as the dream I had about going to the museum last month.
1: That's so bizarre. And you're there too,
0: Becky. You are in this universe. Well, what am I like in this universe? Tell me all about my parallel me. State gallery. There are these oh the anchoress and this is yeah, how i get my like, nickname, the anchoress kind yes. of um underground oh. catacomb kind of um it's a lair it's basically like an underground lair you live in there becky you oh, live cool. underground
1: oh cool i like this already do i have a big job you yeah, you're on. not
0: the phantom you're you are more okay. of an anchoress um yeah you yeah you you live there you live there with huge rocks and um you you kind of wear robes and you're sort of wise yeah oh. and when I need advice like I go down and
1: I talk you to you into in my
0: so you know you belong
1: there Becky do you remember that time I had that very, very yeah. strange dream, Heidi, that I told you felt like a movie? And I, it was like no other dream I've ever had in my life. It felt so very, very different. And I could describe every detail of it. And I did to you. And you got fascinated because you felt it was very similar to your oh, parallel yes. world. Yes. And Do I you was, remember that? Was, so maybe I slipped yeah, into your I was parallel universe. Getting
0: you to describe the layout of the streets and everything and yeah. it, it was um it was very very similar so you may have slipped into my world yeah and maybe maybe in that world you slipping in beside me looked like a ghostly kind of apparition to
1: all the other people in that universe oh really maybe it no. did Ah. Maybe that's what's happening yes. with Emily. Yes. In the story. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Now, okay, so I tease you a lot yeah. about your your parallel world yeah. that you go to in your sleep. Do you when, when you talk about it when you think about it, do you think it's actually uh a quantum physics style um parallel universe or do you think it's an emotional inside of yourself parallel universe
0: oh yeah i don't know does that make sense i don't know but whichever one it is
1: Hmm.
0: i kind of don't care like they're equally real if that makes sense they're equally real to me okay
1: do you take any lessons from your parallel dream universe sometimes and you know hmm. are you the same person or are you are you uh, more confident less confident are you I think, I'm a, um, I think I'm more confident I think I'm more
0: outspoken
1: and interesting because when I told you I visited the dream the thing that uh, visited this when I had my version of the, the dream which was very similar to yours I'd actually mentioned to you that, um i had no fear in the dream and it was very strange wow. for me to wander the world without any fear wow and it felt so good wow maybe so i was a bit to me I was a bit well, of me in my dream parallel universe. My parallel universe
0: universe uh, you know a, a bit more often uh, well, we yeah, can faggle dream tonight and I'll pop by if you want let's well, see See, you know, okay. people are doing this lockdown <laughs> thing wrong. We don't have to actually socially isolate.
1: We can, we can, no, we can do it through
0: astral projection. You can't pass we any can... germs through astral projection. You can't pass any germs in a parallel
1: universe. You can't, not that we know of. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, that was a really so interesting topic. I think Heidi... Though I do have to question our constantly yeah. switching our opinions on it as yeah, we that's, went through that's it, a but that's thing. a healthy thing. I think. Do you know what?
0: I think interesting people are also very contradictory people. We are so. <laughs> we must
1: be very interesting people then.
0: <laughs> you take care, sweetie. You dreams. take care, Heidi.
1: Thanks for listening. You can join the discussion on our Obsession Facebook page. And if you are enjoying our podcast, maybe subscribe and leave us a review.
0: And why not tell your friends and let's all get obsessed. Bye. Bye.